welcome to Nigel Beats. This is a bonus episode, bringing it for you as a mashup between Nigel Heartbeats and Nigel Beats. This is a bonus short episode. It's all about being a funky drummer. claim that this drumming is me at all obviously but this uh, episode will be all about my adventures into exploring being a drummer uh, we'll talk about when i first had the idea and some of the background and context is why i thought drummer might be more my thing especially after one of my good friends had had a lot of abuse for being a drummer um and i'll talk about then i had drum lessons and how that went and then i'll talk about um a main adventure that i had as a drummer in a band at uni and how that went and then i'll talk about my ideas for the future and how uh my second oldest kid here in spain is interested in trying drumming as well and what we're going to try and do so it's just a little bonus for you all about being a fucking drummer i know this includes bongos as well but So simple, but just so cool about it. So uh, yeah, so this story begins with a bit of background is that I, as an indie kid in the 90s, I was quite interested in being a guitarist. And I learned some stuff. I got taught some riffs from a mate of mine that was more of a metaler. And I learned the basic chords that meant you could play leveler songs. And a few of us like would play leveler songs, James songs and stuff. And that continued into uni a little bit. But I did try and sort of write my own music, write my own riffs or chord progressions or whatever and i just couldn't do it and i had this like real block and maybe i could go over it but i just felt like i could learn stuff and be moderately okay with it which turned out later in life to be true as well but that i wouldn't be able to really create my own melodies or my own chord patterns or whatever i just didn't seem to have that kind of creative thing so um instead i i always had sort of had this um feeling about the rhythm and the beats really and that, that came from you know moshing and and dancing around and stuff like that but as i got more into like prodigy and chemical brothers and dance music i think the beats were starting to really you know resonate with me and i thought maybe i'm more of a, a drummer maybe more of a beats person so i should give it a go so that's what i did when i was uh, on a gap year in in london in between my like second year of uni and my fourth year of uni kind of thing because it was my third year but i wasn't at uni if you know what i mean so in between my my second and final year of uni uh, i was in london working for a sandwich year thing and uh, i thought it was a great opportunity to have drum lessons so um i don't know how i found it. i think i just googled it you know or the equivalent of googled it back then was probably to look it up in um in what those pages called maybe time out but no there was like yellow pages i think it was called pink pages white pages it wasn't yellow pages because i know about yellow pages 
was something else for London that had like classifieds in it. And there was loot as well, I suppose. There were like these magazines that you got that had classifieds in, ads in them. I wonder if they still exist. I have no idea. Anyway, uh, I think through that, but it might have been early form of Google. <laughs> Not that old. So uh, and there was a place in Turnham Green. I remember the name, Turnham Green, which is in uh, West London. Well, I, I was living quite century, but it, it was a tube right out of London West. And I uh, got to this studio place and met this bloke who was going to be my allocated teacher. And he started with, well, why, you know, why do you want to learn? And I said that same story. I said, uh, I've been trying to play guitar for a while. I think I've got more the rhythm and the beats resonate with me. And so I wanted to, to explore it and try it. And he talked about, about what kind of music do you like and where do you want to try and take it and stuff. So, um, so yeah, that was very cool. Um, uh, he was a nice guy. He had been a session drummer for Roxy Music, apparently. He didn't really know at the time. Um, but he also knew the Jamaraquai band as well. I think he might have sessioned occasionally with Jamaraquai, which is very cool. And so it fitted with me that he was you know, well aware and well into funk and, and jazz and stuff, and he would be quite a good drummer. So I, I went there for a few months. Um, I think I had a lesson every week or every couple of weeks, and then I'd go and have practice time as well. And, uh, you know, learn, learn the basics, you know, including learning to read drum music, which I, I don't remember now. But otherwise, there were a couple of main beats and, and pieces that he taught me that I think have stuck with me quite well. But that's going to be tested um, quite soon as I try to pick it back up again. I did also buy then a, a practice kit, which is a set of rubber pads. So it sets up like a drum kit, but it's on a much smaller scale. And it's just rubber pads that give a bit of a thunk when you hit them. So the idea is that it would help you practice timing. But as with the guitar and instruments beforehand, I'm not very good at being disciplined to practice an instrument. So I didn't really use it as much as I should have. I think I did a bit. Um, but yeah, so mostly it was kind of a funky 4-4 beat that I was learning, although he did teach me this other quite cool, which I don't know what the timing was. Um, and then quite a few good fills. But and mostly it was just a great laugh to be in a practice room with quite a loud PA playing a track to play along to and just having a good old go. And it was it was really, really, really good fun. I highly recommend people have a go at drum lessons for, for a few weeks to give it a go because it's quite good fun. And even, even the basics, I think most people can, I don't know, but I assume most people can do the basics and get to a, you know, a fairly steady rhythm and enjoy it. Um, so, yeah, that was my sort of London time before I went back for my final year of uni. This is Jill Scott getting in the way, and this was one of the main tracks that my teacher had to me, like learning the very basics too. Very, very slow, very straightforward, but quite nice and funky to just play along to and try and keep keep on time. And then to try a, very, a couple of very slow fills. So you'd basically be playing on this sort of general gentle thing with a snare hit. Uh, snare hit? Yeah, snare like rim hit to get the t you got the, um, what's the word? Hi-hat, <laughs> hi-hat is going and you've got the snare rim going don't know if we're doing a bass drum here, but every now and then you could do a fill. Something really, really basic. 
nice song. Very cool to have loud and just, you know, nice and relaxed. Very cool. Okay, and then the main part was just that I uh, got back to uni in my final year. Uh, we were kind of reunited, the me and the three other lads, um, Paul, Chris, James. And um, the the topic came up, I don't quite remember how, of Battle of the Bands we saw advertised. And we were like, we should form a band. We should do some James songs. We're all kind of like into James, really. And, um, you know, we, we thought, well, you know, why not? We should do it. We should do it. So... We were, there were three guitarists, but I had obviously had these drum lessons. So I was kind of like, well, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I'll give it a go. <laughs> How hard could it be? Because <laughs> you typically only did about 15, 20 minutes. So that's what, like three, maybe four songs. Uh, I think we did four, maybe we squeezed in five because you hear the first one wasn't really a whole song. Um, but there was a bit of a process to it first. So first we had to sort of do an application, which was quite funny because we hadn't really done anything. Had we even jammed, actually? Hmm. Now I'm thinking about it. I think we might have jammed together. I mean, we played guitars in the rooms, but did we have, because then obviously crucially get access to a drum kit. I don't remember whether it was before or after the application. We filled in this form to to apply for Battle of the Bands and we got accepted. And basically we filled it in because we're IT geeks. We filled it in about our band being a maths equation, about like, um, you know, like funk plus, you know, beat squared equals guitar riff times the square root of, you know, <laughs> lyrics or something, I don't know. I'm trying to get hold of the recording. If I get hold of the recording, you'll hear it, because the guy actually then read it out before he announced us to come on stage. So the point is, we, we, we did this slightly geeky thing, but it fitted because the Battle of the Bands and the URI radio station people at uni were, were pretty geeky anyway, so I think it appealed to them. So we got in, we got a place uh, in one of the heats, and on the night, they, they basically pulled a... Lucky Dippers, lottery thing as to you know who who went on first and who went on last. I think there were three bands or four bands. Um, but I'm jumping the gun. So before that, so then we had to start to practice and we had to try and decide what to do. So um, we knew we'd do something like Oasis, maybe a James song, whatever. Um, we were really into Pink Floyd, Wish You Were Here. So we quite quickly kind of centered on, but we wanted to do a bit of a gimmick. So so we had Paul, who's a, a Rochdale lad, but loves Manchester and Man, been a Mancunian. So he was going to be the front man because we knew he, he, he was quite a singer. And um, he was the sort of like cocky front man at the front. And we wanted to use that. So we decided to start with an Oasis number. So we opened with cigarettes and alcohol kind of thing. And then we would have this gimmick where we went on stage as like moody Oasis people, basically, with big duffel coats and stuff. So we borrowed duffel coats from people. I'm jumping ahead still because I'm thinking about the practicing. But the, the problem is it's kind of hard to talk about because we were trying to figure out what songs to play and then practice them and see whether it would work based on what we then do on the night kind of thing. So so I'll keep going, it's fine. This is a ramble episode, it's fine. So so yeah, the first one was this Oasis one. That's quite easy because the drum beat's very simple, the guitar piece is simple, that's fine. Wish You Were Here, also pretty straightforward. Um, and then, so that's that. Uh, and then we decided to do two of our own so we did then create two of our own songs one was basically um something that chris came up with which was this kind of funky wah-wah funk track which would be our kind of like get one dancing opening song really and then the other one was was written by paul 
which is a bit more about his kind of heartbreak and tr- struggles he was going through with his relationship. But it was quite cool. It was kind of uplifting relationship love song kind of thing. Um, and uh, yeah, quite nice. So 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 we used to practice in the concert hall they have at York University, and they have like an upstairs attic bit where the drum kit is basically. So we go up there, have the drum kit set up, and the, the lads would bring their amps and plug it in, and we'd off to go. So so again, I'm sort of keeping around a bit. I should have planned this a bit better, but I don't care. It's a ramble episode. So we had. Paul was lead vocals and, and sort of guitarist, but Chris was the real talent on guitar above chord. So Paul was sort of leading and rhythm guitarist, but he would have the attitude and interact with the crowd and stuff. And we knew his voice was quite good. And Chris was then the main guitarist that could do anything complicated. And I was going to be a drummer. And we knew we had a friend, um, uh, Andy, that could be on keyboards um, because he was a great pianist. And we needed a bassist. And uh, James, who was the other guy in our group, was no use. He couldn't play anything. So we decided to name the band after him. And we gave it the name Leonard because we laughed at his middle name being Leonard. We thought that was quite funny. But we needed to start the search for a bassist. So in this final year of our uni, we were things called stick contacts, which is second and third year students that help the first year freshers. So we met a few of these different like groups of uh, lads that were fresh 18-year-olds, you know, first first days, first few weeks at uni. And it was quite, quite a good laugh to kind of like take these guys out to the bar and to the clubs and show them the city and basically be a little bit a bad influence on them, especially the sort of, you know, new, fresh, innocent ones that needed to party a bit. So that was quite funny. <clears throat> but in the course of that, we met this absolute legend called Juan. And he is... Second name or surname was Ho. I don't quite know how, but we used to say one Ho all the time. Really funny guy. You know, loved a great laugh. Very sweet, quite gentle giant, really. Big guy, but a gentle giant. Um, very sweet. He, I don't think he drank any alcohol at all. I'm pretty sure he didn't. He was like, so when we went out on nights out, we were all absolutely slaughtered. And he was like staying cold sober, but, you know, really sweet, funny guy there for the laugh, enjoying all the fun. Maybe he was over from Spain. I don't know. But he was there doing a music degree. And after several nights out, we finally figured out that he was actually, you know, a very accomplished musician, including would be very happy to play the bass for us. <clears throat> Unfortunately, it sort of maybe fits the stereotype of Spanish that I can relate to now, that he was also quite unreliable in terms of practice times and days. So um, as we were having these rehearsals, we, we, we got him to come along and he, he like didn't come at all the first time. And then he, he arrived like in the last 10 minutes so all we could do was kind of talk to him a bit about our stuff. And then the next time he came like half an hour late or something. <clears throat> so it was a bit it was a bit unreliable. But it all worked out really well in the end. And what was just amazing was that he, he sort of just picked up his bass as we fucked about in uh, in this rehearsal being awful, you know, really, really bad quality. Um and he could just just do it. You know, he just and and he didn't have many practice sessions with us. We weren't sure if he really understood the set list of these few songs. But, you know, oh, my God, on the night, he was just an absolute professional. He even did, like, his crazy bass solo to the funk number. And he, he you know, he, I mean, these are quite easy songs that we're playing, I guess. But the point is, it just showed, like, what a talent a really good musician and especially a kind of a somebody that can improv, um, you know, can, can just go along with it and just fit in. Maybe it's bassists. Maybe bassists are particularly like that. I don't know. But he was just, like, so cool. Just absolutely brilliant. So that was a nice part of it. Shout out to Juan Ho, Juan Ho, wherever you are now. Picture the scene, York University, Langworth College, which is like a big dining room, basically, quite a high ceiling dining room thing. The lights come on. It's 11 o'clock at night. 
It's the last band of the night in Battle of the Bands, York University, 2002, heat number three, I don't know, something like that. The lights come up and the uh, compere announces this band who have applied with a geeky math equation. He thinks that our math is rubbish. Our math might be might be third rate, but our music is going to be first rate. Welcome to the stage, Leonard. Oh, 20 people or so clap. I think that might be a bit more than 20. Anyway, onto the stage, shuffle this like loser looking bunch of Mancunians in duffel coats, shuffling on, looking all moody. The lead singer gets to the mic and swears and shouts abuse at the crowd and the stupid place that we're at and asks if you're mad for it. And he's wearing a stupid wig as well, a big black kind of black mop air wig. Um, <laughs> and uh, the band, I think he yells some abuse to the drummer. And the band gets started, and it's a it's a Oasis beat for the start of Supersonic. But the drums start. It's all right, you know. The the leading goes into a trawl, you know. I wanna be. I really like overdoing the Mancunian awful sound of it. And then the drummer stops and stands up. And the elite singer shouts some abuse at him. And the drummer says, no, 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 no. I don't want to play this Mancunian Oasis rubbish anymore. I want to play something funky. And takes off his duffel coat, revealing a gnome outfit underneath. Puts on his gnome hat with a bell on top. And proceeds to lay into a funky fat back beat. The band then proceed to play a funky number. And the lead singer takes off his stupid wig and his Mancunian jacket and gets into it and starts dancing and having good fun as well. We thought it was a great gimmick. Uh, <laughs> I don't think the judges did, but anyway, the geek proceeded. So, so that was like our intro, and went into this funky number. Now, unfortunately, I sound like a bit of a posh middle class. I mean, a posh idiot. Um, when I when I, I just don't know why, but just the way it came out, I sounded like a real idiot when I said I wanted to play something funky. I could have done it much better, um, but the beat was then quite good, and uh, off we went. We kicked into it, and it took us about about thirty seconds to a minute into it before you can hear us click together and then it all works really, really well. And again, the bassist with us was, was a good help because he was very, very funky and did a great bass solo in it. And, and we were off, our gig was off. Then we did, um, that was the song we did. So then we did Wish You Were Here. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing one. Let me do another song, but we Wish You Were Here. And then we did the other song that was uh, ours, that was Overload, that was written by Paul and, uh, or like lyrics by Paul at least. Um, and then we finished with, no, we did finish with that. Oh man, I'm not doing very well, am I? Did we only do four? Because it's supersonic. Went into that. Wish you were here. Yeah, I think that was it. So the the wish you were here one, I basically messed up by making it go on too long. The funky one was good, and then the overload one was all through rehearsal. It was very hard for me. It's quite fast timing, and the beat I ended up doing was like just a bit too hard on my wrists, and I wasn't very good at it. I kept kind of missing stuff, but it, you know, it went alright. It went all right. You can hear it on the thing. There's, there's several things that go wrong, and, and the, the, my feel's a bit off sometimes. But it was a great experience, great laugh. We were last on, so we'd had a few beers, but we are really nervous. <clears throat> but it was great fun. We had a few friends in the audience, including in the audience was Alex. Shout out to Alex, now based in Canada. Alex was was living with me um, at York because he'd come over from Leeds to, to live with me and work in York. But he'd been in a band I was in earlier, 
um, as the drummer, I was there as a guitarist, and it's got a lot of abuse to being the drummer, like poking fun, but he, he missed some pretty bad feels in like uh, Green Day, Basket Case and stuff. He got a lot of abuse for it. And, and I, I kind of knew what it felt like to be a drummer in a band at this point. <laughs> and he therefore returned the abuse from the crowd that night. It's quite funny. So Elena didn't pass the heats. We didn't win Battle of the Bands, but we had a great gig. It was an excellent experience. And I think the drumming was a good six and a half out of 10, maybe seven in terms of quality and mistakes and things. So that was a great night, great night. So that's it really, just to, to wrap up, that was my kind of adventure into drumming. I haven't really done anything since. Um, one quite funny story is that my eldest kid that's here with us once, we were at a hippie festival in Kent and there was a kids talent show thing and the kids could go up and do anything they wanted. And our kids signed up and um, this, this uh, oldest child of ours here, they wanted to go up and be, be on the drum kit. They'd never touched a drum kit before in their life. And they went up on stage in front of about 50 parents and kids and stuff and just had a word of time bashing the hell out of a drum kit. It was so cool. So cool that they were brave to do that and, and just went and had a go. And they were thoroughly pleased with themselves. They thought, it, I mean, it did go brilliantly. It wasn't it wasn't any particular you know, beat or tune or anything, but they just had a great time. It's so funny. Very proud of that. And, and so brings us to now where we are in Spain. We've been through coronavirus 2020 and lockdown and stuff. Uh, so we wanted to look at drum lessons and drum rehearsal room to have a bit of a bash and a go. That's not been possible yet. Things are now starting to open up. So that's definitely a kind of an immediate plan for the future is to get some drum lessons for that, that child and myself as well. I think maybe we'll do it as, as a sort of a parent-child kind of um, uh, lesson thing. But, but otherwise a practice room with a drum kit and just have a bit of a go at it and see how it goes, see what I remember, play along to some music maybe. See how it goes. I don't know. I haven't got much of a firm plan, but they're quite interested in, in being a drummer. I think similarly, they've gone through a similar journey to me in trying to trying to be a guitarist, trying to sort of be you know melodic and rhythmic on guitars and not quite getting there and wondering whether beats is more the thing for them. So we'll see. And to go with that, I'm going to buy an electronic drum kit is my plan, about 500 euros for a good one. And, you know, that's, that's one of my main plans, really, because um, that would help. Because then, then you can use it at home without much noise, but... These days, you can obviously plug it in um, and merge kind of music paths and stuff. But with the other speaker set I've got, I think it could be quite good. So that's the plan. Hopefully, in the next couple of months. Um, yeah, so I think that's it, really. Uh, that's been Niger Heartbeats, Niger Beats crossover. Um, I think that sort of ex expansion into drumming has really underpinned my interest in, in dance music, hip-hop, funk, anything to do with beats. Uh, I think I'm the sort of person that does... Um, what's the word? Connect more with with beats more than the melodies. Maybe I don't know. I still sing a lot. I still like um, rock and Indian and everything. Uh, I still like to play guitar, but I'm still sort of stuck in that place where I need to kind of learn someone else's song really, rather than create my own. Maybe, maybe I'm preventing myself doing it. I don't know. Who knows? But the point is, I'm pretty happy with beats. So thanks for listening. Um, and uh, this has been Nigi Beats, Nigi Heart Beats. And look forward to hearing you on my next podcast episodes later.